Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. I am joined by my co-hosts, Scott Capron and Bodan Yard to discuss the Bucks finally getting their first home win of the year. Nice to see. And we're also going to talk about the AFC North battle that's about to begin. That's, of course, the crossover for the NFC South this year. Um, and that's going to start in Pittsburgh this Sunday. This is our, as I mentioned, 64th episode. That makes this our Randall McDaniel episode. <laughs> a lot of people may not remember him as a member of the Buccaneers, but he did spend two seasons here after his storied eventual Hall of Fame career. Uh, concluded with the Minnesota Vikings. He played guard for the mm. Bucks for a couple of years to start off uh, this century, actually. So, anyway, boys, <laughs> I hope you're doing well. Um, let's let's just get right into the game that that just happened this past Sunday. Twenty-one to fifteen for the Bucks at home. The Bucks were without you know Cordell Patterson, Kyle Pitts, their two best offensive weapons. I think the defense came to play. I mean, they, they got back on track anyway, but it was not a pretty game, mainly in the second half for this Bucks team. I know a big thing last year that we talked about was, you know, we knew all the talent the Bucks had and how good they could be when they were putting it all together, but it was their inability to keep the pedal to the metal, as they say. And we saw that exact thing arise the, against mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I'll take the win, don't get me wrong, but I'm assuming I speak for you guys when that's a little bit frustrating still. Yeah, I would say so, you know, like as a guy who was banking on the running game, getting a little jump start and Tom Brady, maybe not throwing as many passes as he would have to down the stretch here. Um, even in the first half, I feel like what, like 30 dropbacks for Brady, something like that in the first half, like a little bit more competitive than I was expecting it to be. That, that's for sure. Yeah. And as as someone who literally banked on them, keeping the, the foot on the gas, betting them at the minus eight. It was a particularly frustrating slow burn of the second half. Just, you know, it, the writing was on the wall. You could see that they just don't – if an NFL team goes up two scores, let alone three, it's like they're not allowed to score anymore, right? And I don't think this is just a Bulls and Leftwich thing. I don't think it's just a Bucks thing. It's across the league. It's truly – it's truly unbelievable how satisfied coaches are just with winning, which I don't even necessarily mean that in a bad way. It's just like, that's, that's literally all they care about. So when people are shocked, when um, a team is only favored by seven and a half or, or whatever the case may be, it's because like, yeah, man, these, these teams don't care. They're trying to win by exactly one point if they could, and they would do that every single time. So I hate it. I didn't like what I saw in the second half just from that standpoint. Although at the same point or at the same time, I never thought that they were going to lose the game. Um, So there is something to be said to be said for that. But, and you know, of course Atlanta goes for two to cut it to six, as opposed to it to be 21 13 to keep that, to keep that push possibility for your boy. But uh, what can you do? I thought they, I thought they played better. I, or I thought they looked pretty cohesive on offense in general, I would say, but I don't know. I don't know. I just, just kind of a blog game and uh, at least they won. Yeah. I love what you're saying though, Scott. I think it's a really 
astute observation in regards to the league in general, especially with all the gambling and fantasy and fans want more and they want teams to always perform how they're capable. Uh, you're totally right, man. And like it has been league wide and it is something that's really interesting. But uh, we're going to talk yeah. a little bit more about some of our observations from a league wide perspective after we get through some Bucks talk. Uh, you know, huge part of that game obviously was was the the what did I say? Egregious Grady Jarrett, the, the rough in the past. Oh. I mean, speaking of themes around the NFL right yeah. now, the Grady oh. Jarrett call kicked it off like it was an atrocious call. It was brutal. Um, and I don't blame anyone for being outraged by it, especially if you are, you know, siding with the Atlanta Falcons. That's a tough, tough situation for them. It, not trying to open up another can of worms, but I do want to just say the the play right before Scotty Miller was pretty much dragged out of bounds, and they like no, they didn't call that. So like I, I think it was Albert Breer, or no, it was not Albert Breer. He was on the opposite end. Someone brought that up today, and I was like, damn, that's true. Like so, calls are going to be missed, but boy, is it tough when you see a roughing the passer call. A lot of people have called for that to be something that could be reviewable, which I think would be an immediate improvement on the way. Of the, like how hard is that? Just make it reviewable. It's- it's not hard. Just make it reviewable. Done. Why not? I don't, I understand some of the things that aren't renew are reviewable. I'm always surprised that because it's like, Oh no, we can't check that. Or, you know, I was watching a college game yesterday and there was a, a, a terrible, um, there was clearly a fumble, but they said forward progress was stopped. And like the ref was like, yeah, it's not renewable. It was, un- it was unbelievable. Right. It was um, uh, Louisiana versus Marshall, but the, the roughing the passer one, boom. And there's but, like, like, on the other hand, it's like, why are we? Do we really need to review this? Like, is it not blatantly obvious when there's a roughing the passer? Like, if you're not getting that real right live, like, how many times do you need to look at it? You know, what okay, I mean? but don't. Get I don't it know. Wrong again, yeah, don't yeah. ever get it wrong. Like, that's that's what I get. That's what I always go back to. Is like, this isn't something you should be getting wrong. Like, it's clear that's yeah. not roughing the passer. But, Bo, you're too logical. You're giving these people way too much credit. Like, look sure. at the stuff that the refs miss all the time. Look at the – like, how the NFL doles out suspensions and how um, – wh- whatever, how random some of the actual punishments are that are assigned, right? Like, you're too much of a normal person to weigh in on this, I feel <laughs> like, because they, are, they aren't. And if they can't get it right – like, I agree. Obviously, don't make the wrong call initially, but it's going at – it's at a crazy fast pace. At least give the reps an opportunity to make up for it. I, it yeah. just there's so many things that are reviewed already. Um, let's just add that to the. Let's just add add that one to the mix. Yeah, I think Bo's being greedy there. I mean, like that's like saying let's have all refs be good. Like it's just yeah. not possible. Yeah, good so, luck. Like, with how bang bang things are, like just why not make like almost anything reviewable? I don't know. Like it's just that. Just, that's the, I guess I shouldn't be the one complaining about this being on I'm in the Mountain Standard Time. I'm just like I'm thinking of you guys having to stay up till like 12:30 to find out how That's uh, true. Commanders Bears ends, right? So But we've discussed yeah. this before. Put a shot clock on the reviews. Yeah. And then I don't care. I I would rather I mean as much as people kill reviews in most sports, especially the NBA, it's like all right, yeah, man. It went off of him. How many more times? Like, yeah, you know what? I'd be all for that. Not even a shot clock. Just be like, you get two looks at this. Pick sure. two angles that you want to see it. See it twice, and we're done with. Boom. It. I agree. Yeah. That's that. Something along those lines is are, are fine. Um, but we need something. We need something because that's just it's determining games. And I know you have to. I know you have to protect the quarterback. And obviously, hey, 
we are literally a Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. So, you know, two thumbs yeah. up. Um, great that it happened to, to Atlanta in this case, but that's brutal. That's bullshit. And yeah. um, it just, it's like things in life that are just like so easily fixable. Just do it. This yeah. is tough. It feels it, like, like that game was never in jeopardy of like the Bucks legitimately losing it, but that was going to be one of the ways that they could have like Falcons could have stole that game. Like having a big play like that on that, on that, in that moment, like you could foresee there's a way for them to steal the game, but like that would have been the wrong result, right? Like the Bucks are clearly the better team of those two. Yeah. And they, they should have been in that position, which they did to themselves. And there was some really exactly. peculiar usage going on that I was quite worked up about, like, <laughs> the, you know, maybe for whatever reason, I'll, part like, so I, I had, a I had a, a solid size bet on Godwin going over yards and over catches. Right. So he needed six catches for 60 yards and he had five for 58 at halftime. So I needed a one, one reception for two yards for him to get it. He was awesome. And five catches in the first half. Right. And then yeah. the second half, he played one play in the third quarter where he blocked. Um, and then it wasn't until that final drive they put him back in and he caught a catch for literally two yards. So, but what, what was so. Did you get it? Still a winner. Were the lines five and a half and 58 and a half or 59 and a half yeah. or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Yeah, it was and it, he, he finished with six for 60 after five for 58 in the first yeah, and half. I want to discuss this. Scott, and we he had well, I don't talk about my overs with you. I have a side because I know. Okay. I don't <laughs> I, fair yeah, and that, and that not to get too insidey here, but Scotty likes the unders, and I'm like a religious over better. So we've had our, our debates. Oh my, before. that's you must so have he, been dying. Oh, oh yeah, well, the third yeah, quarter was not not a good look. Yeah, but I, honestly though, like truly, I was far more concerned about like what the hell's going on with Chris Godwin? Is he hurt or is he not? Like. If he's out and he had his helmet on the whole time, because we got Bucks game day, we had multiple guys down there in the press box. So, like, I was texting them, and I'm like, what's the deal with Godwin to Caleb Skinner, one of our awesome writers? And he's like, his helmet's on. He looks ready to go, but he was just on the sideline. And it was so frustrating because that's when the, their offense became stagnant, right? And I'm like, yeah. like it's when you, Godwin's in there, it's, it's incredible how different their offense looks. He's just this relief valve, always available. He's so good at sitting in his zone. He's so good at yards after catch. One of my favorite things is when he takes a hitch pass and they get like Donovan Smith kicking out and he just lays out a cornerback and you see Godwin always get a minimum of like eight yards. Like it's the best. Um, yeah. But anyway, it was hurting the team. And then he comes in for the last drive. I'm like, well, that's dumb. One, because if he's okay, why was he on the sidelines? Two, if yeah. he's hurt, why is he out there now? Don't like, there's, put him out there. This isn't a gray thing, you know? Yeah. And and I'm a little that's frustrated. That's super strange. With, yeah, so it was driving me nuts, and then obviously I had the the underlying uh, financial investment in the whole thing as well, which was quite entertaining if you were beside me, but um, no yeah. one was. Thank thank God. Um, I felt like it was. Yeah, yeah. In in terms of injuries, though, like that is something we got to talk about because the Bucks DBs are getting lit up from an injury perspective, and um, again, why it was frustrating is because each of these injuries were being reported immediately from the Fox sideline reporter or whatever, but there was no talk of Godwin. It's like, no one noticed dumbasses. But um, <laughs> yeah, Carlton Davis exited with an injury. Mike Edwards exited the game with an injury. Sean Murphy bunting came in and then exited the game with an injury. And Logan Ryan is still out with a hamstring. So that's four DBs, um, valuable DB, DBs, important ones who are all nicked up right now. So, I mean, you know, yeah. 
I'm just looking at the injury report right now. Like Logan Ryan didn't play. Um, SMB, no, didn't play for all the both practices so far this week. Mm. Uh, Uh, Yeah, so it's not looking good. Carlton Davis, at least, was a full participant for both practices. Which is huge. And and Mike Edwards is fine, I believe. So, I mean, those are the two guys out of the four you need to be healthy, right? Um, Well, this is – also, the thing with the NFL, just the way a schedule breaks and who you play, you know what I mean? Like, it's nice to be playing against Pittsburgh coming up with some, um, you know, with some knocks in your in your secondary. So, hopefully. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't nice, you know, playing the Saints and the Packers, the Packers with no receivers. So, it always works out both ways. Every team's banged oh, up in oh, this yeah. league, man. Yeah. We, I, um, Wait, and before, then, we, before we run to the uh, defensive side of the ball, Bright spots on the offensive side, Kate Otten, like everything that we kind of wanted from him, right? Uh, everything we said exactly he could do, uh, yeah. Should have clipped my which is like, yeah. like kind of crazy, like full participant for both practices this week for Cam and Brait. I should have clipped it from last week and the week before because both times I went off hating on Brait and you know just saying kate otten can do everything he can do just as well right now if not better yeah. and he's a far superior blocker he showed yeah. that like it does like come on that's it that's the end of the experiment you know let Brate be an overpaid backup um play him in Otten's one of those really easy overs right now otten's looking nice man he's looking nice yeah. it's it's he's looking like a worst case austin hooper and i don't know about you guys but nice to me comment. it's always like who just feels like a Brady guy? You know who feels yeah. like a Brady guy? Otten and Chris Godwin. And Chris, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just from watching him all those years in New England, it's like with Troy Brown or something like that. Um, the, I don't know. Sorry, I really Scott, like I, what I saw from Otten. Scott, the most the, – the one thing is, though, the most Brady guy to me is Russell Gage. Like, if you just yeah. kind of add it up. And, like, he hasn't really popped yeah. other than that. Yeah, struggling. Game where he was the only guy in that Green Bay game. He's been a little banged up himself. Um, and, like, Capo, Josh Capo of Pewter Report, good friend of the show, uh, he he detailed some clips where he was getting phenomenal separation. So he looks better each week. Um, but I, I would have expected him to get more involved with the regular cast of, of receivers out there. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes, you know what? Like, the, the Bucks got the right opponent at the right time. And I say right opponent because let's not sleep on Atlanta. They are competing like hell this year. Like they're, they're yeah, they're they good. they work really hard. Yeah, they're decent. From, like, from what from all the teams who were predicted to be in like that, I don't know four to seven win range. I I got to imagine the Falcons fans are as pleased as any as anyone. You know what I mean? Maybe like, the, the Seahawks fans might want to have a word with you see, on that, but yeah, the Falcons fans are yeah. Fair enough. Uh, both those teams, both those teams scored. probably hit hit the season long overs already. Already, yeah, yeah, and Atlanta beat Seattle, and New Orleans just scored on Seattle again right now, actually. But I totally <laughs> I hear you, Bo. Obviously, they, they would be thrilled with Geno and how that's all looked. But I just think Atlanta's – I don't know. They're kind of – they're fun. They're they're competing. The defense looks okay. Their they got O-line Ritter is so of, much better than we expected, like so yeah. much better. Yeah. yeah, Ritter waiting in the wings kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, props to them, man. Like seriously yeah. – Ritter's a guy who I think could see the field this year and be better than Mariota. Like I know Mariota moves, but Ritter's athleticism is underrated. And I know he's a rookie and what, and like, I'm not saying they should do it, but I'm saying, I believe he is like 
the most ready on like uh, of those. Yeah, he scares you more. He scares you more as a Bucks. Dude, I'm almost positive in this. Not to misremember, I think we said Mariota kind of writes not writes the ship, but makes him respectable. Ritter gets in around week nine or ten. Yeah, and I don't know. That feels quite likely at this at this point if not probable, i would i wouldn't I, have been shocked if they if they threw him in the fourth quarter there i would i would like obviously the fourth quarter ended up being like a game but if the bucks had kept the foot on the pedal for the third quarter and there was like a, that yeah. game was out of question and they threw yeah. ritter into the fourth quarter there i think that would have been a great spot for him yeah, yeah i think I think Ritter will be good um, yeah. for sure. And I th- he's just kind of, I don't know, he can do a bit of everything. Seems like a savvy guy. Speaking of those Bearcats, our guy Sauce Gardner is balling out too, man. He looks phenomenal. Oh, but, my God. Yeah. But, um, rookie defense, the- defensive rookie of the year, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's on he's on pace. Um, yeah. Just while we were on the injury, injury thing, um, it's super interesting. Like, Ryan Jensen, the nature of his injury has still not been revealed. Like, it's got to be a torn, fully torn ACL or something. But it's so it's, weird that that has not come out specifically, like, the the exact um, issue that he's dealing with. But anyway, and then Akeem I, Hicks. Can't we like, just know? Can't, we, yeah. can't, can't they just tell us? Like, fuck. Yeah, you're going to wait till he comes like it, back? Yeah. Uh, or, uh, I don't know. NFL injury reports are always so infuriating to me. I don't get it. It's like it's kind of like the NHL and the playoffs when it's like, yeah, they have a lower body injury. Well, it's either a lower or an upper. Those are the two <laughs> portions yeah. of the body. It's a body you know what I mean? It doesn't really it doesn't really help. But it's it's either yeah, that or he hurt his dick, and they call it a middle body. Like yeah. what else? <laughs> you know, what what other options are we working with? Um, Akeem, Akeem Hicks, who was not put on the injured reserve, which would have spared them a roster spot for four games. He's about to miss his fourth game. So that's obviously a little bit of, and I'm sorry, I'm just kind of hitting on the theme. Is I don't know if it's mismanagement, but the way that the injuries have piled up haven't been ideal. So they could have had a roster spot there, but they've kept him on the IR. He has a torn plantar fascia. Sounds painful mm. as hell. So I would have thought he was going to be out for a while, but I guess they well, thought he had a chance. Um, as someone who's ruptured their plantar fascia in a co-ed basketball game, let me tell you, it's not fun. It's yeah. really not fun. So you can't just tape that up. No, you can't. It's a walk. It was a walking boot for the kid over here. Holy shit! Jeez. Don't worry, I handled it well. I only pouted for three weeks, so that was pretty good. Um, no, that that sorry. one makes me cringe yeah. just hearing about it when it's, you told yeah, me about that. Oh my god, it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, and and then so and then Julio. Okay, so Julio, it, it comes out he has a partially torn PCL or whatever the knee injury was, and then he comes back and plays against the Chiefs. Plays yeah. all game. I was bragging about how it felt like a win because we came out of that game with him and Godwin unscathed. Well, sure enough, he misses the next game. And I'm a little pissed off about that one because you had Evans, you had Godwin, Russell Gage was was in, the, like, enough guys. Why would you rush Julio back for that game if you weren't sure he was good? And sure enough, then he had to miss this week's past week's game against the Falcons. Um, so we'll, we'll see if he's going to play this week. But just don't throw Julio out. Julio out there if there's any risk at re-injury or if he is not literally 100%. I don't mean that as like 80%, but I'm saying 100, like 100 fucking percent. Keep him on the sideline if he's not there. Yeah. Five weeks in, it doesn't seem like Julio is going to play back-to-back games ever, right? Like, it's just a way... I don't know. That's ridiculous. I know. Rest him until he can. I'd love to disagree with you, Colin. I really would, but of course I agree. What are you doing? Like, 
Yeah. Like, don't do that. It's oh, it's nuts. But like, maybe help that's him. just the, help him. Maybe that's just what he is now. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he's a number two receiver every other week. You know what he's I mean? He's our and number four receiver. But he's he's not. When he's in there, he's getting more looks than Russell Gage is getting. He's almost getting more looks than Mike Evans is getting when he's when he's out there. So well, like, you know what I mean? Like. Maybe they're just saying we're gonna get we're gonna get eight games out of Julio during the regular season, and we're fine with that. Right. It, it, maybe, it's an interesting maybe. point. He looked he looked so damn good in that week one. He sold me. He sold me up. The I know. Uh, but I'm not gonna and, and like being hurt. I blame a lot the Bucks of chemistry for that. with Brady. Yeah. I blame the Bucks for that. That's on the Bucks, man. Like Julio's gonna try and play. He's tough. Like Bowles already talked about. He's got a high pain tolerance. Okay. Well, make the decision for him. Yeah. Come I on, totally bro. agree. I, I told, I'm not – he's nicked up. Let him rest. This this doesn't feel like last year. This just feels like he needed a week. And, I like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This the seems like the stretch that, that, you want to, like, rest him if you're going to do it, right? Like, Pittsburgh, Carolina, the Baltimore game's not great, but then the Rams, and then you go to Germany to play Seattle. Like, if you're going to rest them, you can get two or three, if not four games out of – out of the schedule yeah. out of the way there, right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that that is what it is. The Bucks have, have taken their their spot atop the NFC South. So however they did it, they're there now, and that's the most important thing. Um, and now they're traveling one, to Pittsburgh. One, Sorry, go ahead. One Scott. more shout-out. No, I just want to say nice to see Lenny get actually punching in the end zone a couple times. Dude, um, I know Lenny's yeah. got a lot of haters on Twitter. I thought he had I thought he played a great game. And, and, and I know he had that rough fourth and one or whatever where he jumps left when he should have jumped right. Yeah, I thought he would lights out after that. You, you trying to defend him on that on my my timeline, eh, bro? Coming for save Lenny's ass. God, well, you're so loyal. Just, you're loyal to Jackson, bro. There was no hole there, right? So it's either I like try to take out Luke Gadecki's spine, or we don't get the first <laughs> down. He only needed half a yard. He literally could have just fallen on his ass and, and been there. But anyway, he could have fallen not, forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I was saying. But um, yeah, like fair enough. I mean, he certainly looked better. And I like the development of Rashad White as this pass catching yeah. threat. I mean, no we had, yeah. you know, we had yeah. Thor Nightstrom on the show, which was a hell of a get for the Bucks banter boys. And Thor, Thor was all about, all about Rashad White as a receiver. He was talking about how he's hands down the best. Uh, pass catching running back in the draft he's he's damn near a receiver and we're, we're starting to see those skills and one thing again hate to keep singing his praises but he's our guy josh capo uh profiling some of the awesome pass protection oh shit maybe it was john ledyard actually but one of those guys was <laughs> was uh highlighting how effective rashad white was in pass pro as well mm-hmm. and he saved brady's ass a couple times which is not something you always see from rookies and when you do it sure is nice to see so i mean rashad white Keep using him. He's going to be fantasy relevant, I think, almost like moving forward. Like, don't let him be floating on your waiver wire, people, especially well, if it's PPR. The Bucks. sorry, quick sidebar. The Bucks are insane from a fantasy standpoint. What do you do? They have all the talent, all the weapons, but they're not scoring. And then, like, I feel like Fournette is the most reliable just from that standpoint because it's like – Brady can kind of distribute to like six reliable guys in the red zone, I would say, kind of thing. But um, anyway, yeah, I love what I've I love what I've seen from White. I think it's important for Fournette to get in the end zone. I've I didn't I can't nah, nah, 
I feel bad bringing this up because I read an article about just how much running backs actually value scoring. You know what I mean? I guess I would have always kind of um, valued the yards and then as long as it ended in a drive. But I think running backs really, truly, really want to punch it in. And I I know that sounds obvious, but it's like that's more validating than even, um, you know, just great running uh, like – 28 for 142 but no scores you know what i mean like they really want to score so to see fournette you know you know like for a golf analogy just see a couple like 10 footers go in like that and and to actually get in there i hope that they need him man they need him to be really good and he's obviously shown spurts and this could be a big game for him against pittsburgh as well so that was awesome to see for sure well said man i couldn't agree with you more there um and you know talking about pittsburgh I mean, I guess you could call it disappointing, but I mean, based on their O line and how that team is built, like I don't, I'm not surprised by any means that they're off to a one and four start. Um, I mean, they are they are kind of like a tough team though, generally. And I mean, over the course of Tomlin's career, he's never been below 500 or whatever, which is crazy. Uh, that's going to change this year. They're coming off a 38 to three loss to the Bills, and don't get me wrong, like the, the Bucks just got spanked by the Chiefs. The Bills could smash any team in the NFL on the right day. Uh, by a margin that big but let's just say the Steelers are not for real that is not a fluke it's literally a matter of one of the best teams if not the best in the NFL playing one of if not the worst teams in the NFL in the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah they've they've got nothing on offense I think if you're a Pittsburgh fan you came into this year being like our defense is going to be elite no matter what and they're not injuries they're not they're just not yeah yeah TJ Watt being out doesn't help but oh yeah they're they're TJ Watt coming back isn't going to move the dial for them as in, in, as far as wins go, right? So um, it's still a, a good well, – I don't want to say a good game, but it's still an interesting game on one side of the ball. Like the Bucks offense versus the Pittsburgh defense should still be interesting in theory. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But, um, yeah, the Bucks defense should be – it's like taking candy from a baby, honestly, with Kenny Pickett back there. Yeah, that D line oh. better get get on him um, oh, against yeah. that that Pittsburgh O line, right? Shout out to our guy Logan Hall, by the way. Logan Hall, I think is going to be a guy, like a blue. There we go. Here, like, here really, we go. I really, really, really like that guy. I think he's he's absolutely for real. Even though, uh, like, I think everyone expected us to come on here and like give flowers to JTS Joe Tryon Shawinka, but um, even on those sacks and then when. JTS was in the backfield. You could see Logan Hall was right behind him on a bunch of those. So I think he's mm-hmm. going to be he's going to be a really good player down the line. Logan Hall, boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing I would say about Pittsburgh, like this matchup coming up, is the fact that I wish they were playing Trubisky. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I think Pitt- just keep going with it. Well, no. I wish the Bucks were playing Trubisky just because oh. I think that at least the Steelers have some sort of ceiling um, with a good Kenny Pickett game. I know that's ridiculous. I'm just saying he's more boomer bust than, than we know, like the level-headed shittiness of Trubisky is all I'm saying. I could see – I think Kenny Pickett is going to have some unbelievable – I think he's got a, like an unreal game in him. I do because they still have guys – they still do have guys to throw to in Najee Harris, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think Holy it's hell possible. Yeah. And, and if the Bucks secondary is beat up a little bit, it would be interesting. Now, he's skewing towards it's going to take a lot for 
him to have that good game. He's still a rookie and, and all of that stuff. I just I just mean like as from the Bucks perspective, I just like we know what we'd be getting if we'd see Trubisky. You know, Pittsburgh would, would score 17 points at most, and then you just have to go from there, kind of thing. But that's just a little a little sidebar uh, I wanted to throw in just because I want to like pick it. You know what I mean? I want to like pick it. Hey, can, quick, quick, quick little thing here. Can I, can I read you guys? So the Steelers who have been like, obviously a um, perennial playoff team, like, like Colin said, uh, Tomlin is what never been under 500, whatever it is, something crazy. Um, they're one in four. Here are their next three games or sorry. Yeah, here are the next three. So home home to Tampa Bay, eight-point dog. At Miami, they'll be a dog. At the Eagles, they'll be a dog. Like tough schedule they've had. That's Damn, one in seven. Yeah, I mean, easy. Depending on depending on the Miami quarterback situation, but I still I still like them in that. I just think imagine seeing like a three and fourteen Steelers record at the end of the year. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm. Are they are they tanking for Victor Webignana as well? <laughs> But, like, from the tanking perspective, I think that's that's literally why it was, like, even though I wanted them to take Malik Willis, like, the fact that they took a quarterback, it's, like, why why did you do that? It's, like, if you yeah, know you're going to be this bad, what's they the didn't point? They didn't know. Dude, Tomlin will never accept they'll, that, bro. Yeah, that's probably will, true. But what makes it even more potentially egregious is how good the quarterback class is in this upcoming draft. Right, Colin? Exactly. Like, you get someone like yeah. – Obviously, and they still might get them. They still might get them. Right. No, but yeah, that but would be then that one? would be a failure. That would be an utter failure if they did, Bo. Right? Because then they've just it would. It's like when the Bucks took Trask. I was like, what the fuck? Totally different, but similar in the sense that I'm like, okay, is he going to be the guy? Because you're taking him in the second. Like, yeah, yeah. So now, if if <laughs> no, Robert... Colin's like totally different, but similar that I fucking hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, was, that, was I that obvious? No, but. <laughs> Like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, the Kentucky guy. Like, who knows, man? Oh, there's like, there's say, guys, there's guys. So yeah. let's let's say so that's one and seven. Then they're home for the Saints. Coin flip. Uh, Bengals at the Colts, at the Falcons, home for home for the Ravens, at the Panthers, home for the Raiders, at the Ravens, home for the Browns. I don't know. To me, that's like four and thirteen. There's like four wins in there. Tops, yeah, wins tops, yeah. It's ugly, yeah. and and is not okay. So I want to talk about the regression of Najee Harris, Najee, um, because like like I know we're not a fantasy show, but there's certainly it's clearly very relevant in certain aspects. And I think with Najee Harris, he, if you're gonna blame it all on the O line, well, he had an even worse or just as bad O line last year, and he was like this fantasy producer, and this year he's not yeah. doing either. Like, like, I don't know. Is it the change of the quarterback? But I, I think, yeah, happen? I was just going to say, they're, like, Ben Roethlisberger still commanded that level of respect within the league, which is, like, but, as fans, like, we don't get it. But I think that he's still – people, like, look back at that guy under center and they're just like, oh, shit, we have to be on our P's and Q's. I also – also, though, they're behind in every game. Yeah, right? true. So That's great That point. immediately negates – what a running back can do when they're going to be used and everything. And then it's like, let's, you try to get the ball to him early, do nothing because they, they're not respecting defenses. Don't have to respect the quarterback that they're playing against. Then good luck. I always struggle with 
like the running back production thing. It's like, did they really get that much worse, or is there yeah. no fucking room to run? Is there like you know yeah, nine I mean? guys like, in the box every play? Yeah, exactly. Is, exactly. Is every time it just gonna like make it even more like I, I swear to God, we got to be close to no running backs being drafted in the first round because that he's like the you know he's another example. Like, dude, I, I saw like I saw a like. There's a list of like what the 2023 free agent running backs are, and it's ridiculous. It's like Saquon, Josh Jacobs. There's like if you need a running back, you should be getting them in free agency for sure. Hey, props to Josh Jacobs, man. He's looking good. Dude. Like he's looking real so, good, and he's kind of gets shit on a little bit, you know? Yeah, like he's good. He, man. he got caught up in he's that good. Raider stuff. Like he's a runner, man. And like he's not. Who who yeah. who said it? Bo, you said it. I, I said yeah. something, and you called it. What'd you call him? Slow mo Saquon. Slow-mo Saquon because it's like <laughs> yeah. he's slow, but he when he's in the open field and has like a split second, he will throw a nasty juke on you. It's just way yeah. slower, but it works. Yeah. Like, but it works. That. Yeah. yeah, and he's he'll put a shoulder right through your face. Like I like him to be honest. Yeah, and yeah, he's going so slow that you're like, oh, is he going to deke me? And then he just runs you over. Yeah, and that's something we can. I mean, we're going to have just a bit of an NFL chop sesh. Uh, I think I don't know if we're already spilling into it or we want to talk more about the uh the this Bucks Steelers matchup. Yeah I think are we, the Bucks are, are you taking them, the eight the points? I, are, you, are you taking the eight points? No, no, no. They burned you last I week, so fuck that. I just it's just hard to it's just hard to cover big spreads, man. It just yeah. is. It, it 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 like a wise man once told me it was a different sport, but granted he told me take Find a way to take the money line. And if that means showing a little bit of patience, waiting for the game to start and finding your spot, you take it. That man's that man's spots belong to his name, which is Scott. Yeah, you know, like we're not it's not the eighties. We don't have to go to the window. We don't have to go to the window at the Caesar at Caesars, right? We could just we could just bet live, guys. It's, Although, uh, it's much better. We would love to go to the window at Caesars. Although if, if watching. we could we we've tried love this, a sponsored this, trip, please. Thank you. We've, yeah. we've tried. We've tried many times running up to the mix in a mix. Yeah, mixing a beet salad for our boy. Um, yeah. Before the commercial ends, let me get let me get Kelsey's yards over seventy three and a half. Exactly, <laughs> but it, but I I mean, I just I just Pittsburgh isn't a threat, man. I, I really think they're not a threat. I like that the game isn't, you know, December seventeenth. It'll just be like a normal. Yeah. weather-ish type day not snowing or anything like that i i, I like i want to see it though like let's yeah. go here tampa you're four and two the nfc looks like shit your division looks like shit so it's kind of like they're not gonna have to really show much in order to to host a playoff game like right like but let's go here let let's see it i know we called for this last year and we've been calling for it but they have the talent. They have the roster to go win this game 31-13, and I'd love to see that. So, uh, Yes, well said. And I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping I would get to go to Pittsburgh to cover it, but we've since learned, like, I need to get down to Tampa first to uh, mm. to get approved in person before I could I could potentially acquire a road credential. So I am going to uh, be flying to Tampa at some point to cover one of these games in the press box for Bucks game day soon, and I'm really looking forward to it. Nice. Um, we'll see. We'll see what it is. Might might be. It's gonna have to be before that. Uh, before they play the Browns, though, so that I can hopefully get down to that one. So, anyway, we'll see. And while I'm at that, make sure you're checking out all of our written work at BucksGameDay.com, the only Sports Illustrated website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you're enjoying this on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe. Helps us out a ton. 
And yeah, man, don't be hesitant to engage either. We are also available on all your streaming platforms. So, I mean, yeah, what the hell else is there to say? The Steelers aren't great. The Bucs could be playing better. Um, we'll see how that goes, and we'll talk about it next week. I think, like like I said off the top of the show last week, we kind of tried to take a little bit of a, a step back and just kind of look at some of the general observations from because it's hard to believe we're that beyond the quarter point of the season at this right now. But um, from an NFL perspective, I think we could do that for a few minutes here before we get out of here. Um, lots of things like ha- haven't gone as we expected. I don't know what jumps out to you guys right away. I mean, I would say for me, I was expecting um, the AFC West to just be utter domination. I expect, like, I know it's easy, and a lot of people were off the Broncos. Scott, you weren't as on them as Bo and I were. I thought the Broncos would be good right away. The Chargers have, have, you know, obviously Bosa's hurt. What else is new? We almost got to start expecting Joey Bosa to be hurt. Um, But just kind of the way that that, the the Raiders starting off really poorly, the Chiefs look great. I mean, that's an interesting division. And then, of course, the NFC East looking so good. So those are the two, two things that really jump out to me. Um, I don't know which of those you guys want to hit on or if you want to introduce a new thought, but happy to talk about whatever. No, I mean, let's face I think the Broncos hype was warranted based on prime Russ and like new yeah. scenario Russ and giving the benefit of the doubt that Hackett was like, was not a corpse, right? Like I, I do think the I didn't, I wasn't all the way there. I thought they would be, you know, fighting for a playoff spot more as a result of, I just like the chargers and the chiefs better than them. So then automatically, if you're third in your division, then what's your record going to be probably like 10 and seven, if you're really good. Right. So that was more where I was coming from, but Russ looks like shit. He's also looks like he's hurt. Right. Like I think that it's a combination of being injured. Plus, wow. It's just not going well. Right. So, um, I think that thing is like that's that's surprising to most, and and they're worse than I thought. Obviously, I think Hackett is as bad as it gets. The Raiders thing, they're one and four, but of course, every game has been close. Oh, there he is. Um, every game has been close, right? They they won the most one possession games last year, and now it's regressing to the mean, and they've just lost a couple. They easily could have went and had a huge Monday night win against the Chiefs. They absolutely gacked away that one against the Cardinals at home, right? Like, so I think the Raiders are pretty good, but one and four, that's a mountain to climb. Like the fact that the Raiders are one and four and the Giants are four and one, you know, you would just look at the standings and like, wow, what a big gap. I would almost guarantee the Raiders would be favored on a neutral field over them, right? So that, that, just the way that that goes is, um, it's, it's just hard. The Raiders are way better than that record. That's for sure. Yeah, yes, and two, I agree. And I, it's an interesting yeah. parallel to draw, Scott. Like you just said, those, those, and then you consider they both have first year head coaches. Um, yeah, you know, this year at least new teams. Brian Dayball looks awesome. Like I'm cheering for he that. Does. Thing, yeah, like, I do. I like I like cheering for the Giants. I I I woke up early for that London game, and it was yeah. fun. It's really really fun watching those Giants. That that Giants team is just like weird. It's so wow. weird. You're not expecting also, anything from Daniel Jones, and then they just they get in the red zone, they get into like like goal line situations, and it's just Wildcat and like Saquon's just doing whatever he wants. It's 
unreal. Mm-hmm. I really like because he, he is also, a wildcat. He, he is the most electrifying player in football, no and I'm so here Great for it. it. You guys know I, you know I've been absurdly loyal to Saquon. So to see I, him bounce back, like I'm exhilarated. Want only good things for him, and the fact that yeah. he's popping off has been awesome. Uh, but I don't think the Giants are any good. Like no. for that, Daniel also, Jones. Let's say, let's say awesome four and one start. That's huge because, like we've all, like we say, we've said on the pod a bunch of times, you got to get to ten wins somehow, basically, right? So, hey, four and one, that's a big chunk of them now. No matter how you got them, even though at one point you were a seventeen point dog against Green Bay uh, live in that game. You know, they had to go for two against Tennessee to get that win. Like, it easily could could have gone, not sideways, but it could be way worse than what it is. But it's not. They're 4-1. They got a home game against, like, kind of a weird Baltimore team. Uh, my gut is that Baltimore goes in there and beats the shit out of them this weekend, to be completely <laughs> honest. But the, we always have one or two of those teams that just hang around, right? It's kind the Giants, of, they're, they're the best third-down defense as well, too. That's, that's oh, the thing that's keeping yeah, them well, in the – That'll do it. And, like, you know, their loss, if we're talking about that division, their loss was at home to Dallas, who – isn't it funny to watch Dallas and see, like, this great defense versus them just trying to, like, run out a bunch of offensive stars? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of been the M.O. for decades, right? That's kind of what I wanted to hit on is, like, just talking about the NFC East. Like, I do think, like – the Eagles are somehow still the underdog and they're the only undefeated team in the league. Like of the good teams, they seem like everyone just kind of writes them off. As for the Cowboys though, like I really think Micah Parsons is like a different breed at this point. Like, yeah. He is yeah. playing it's not literally. It's he's playing no. every position in the, in the front seven. Like it's like he's Jalen Ramsey and, and Aaron Donald at the same time. It's <laughs> insane. Oh my God! The Rams could the Rams could use him on offense, probably. Yeah, definitely. He's our fastest running back for sure tomorrow. <laughs> hey, did you guys? But, so for one, let me just say though, the Eagles like are for real scary. Like I'm so impressed yeah. with Jalen Hurts, man. I, I I don't know if I said this last week. It's hard to tell, right? When you when you do a podcast with your friends and you talk football every damn day, you don't know what you said yeah. on the air and what you didn't. But one yeah, of them is yeah, like, totally. I'm so happy for Jalen Hurts because I I was not a believer in him at all. As an NFL quarterback, I watched him at Bama. I watched him at Oklahoma. Um, I attributed any aerial production at Oklahoma to be because of Lincoln Riley and his system. And um, but he's just yeah, improved as a he's improved so much as a passer. He just keeps getting better. And he, he's a he's literally a RB one caliber runner in the NFL. So he's fucking the, good, man. He's yeah, like I don't care. I don't care if it's not normal or typical or whatever. That combination of what he does and like cerebral and great teammate, leader, all the all the intangible stuff, combined with the fact that he's got weapons, he's got fucking yeah. Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. The running game looks good, and he's a big part of it. And he's way stronger and just bigger, I think, than I ever realized. Like he's like Colin just said about him being like an RB one, basically. I'm. All in on the Eagles. I it's so funny from a Bucks perspective because when they played them in the wild card round last year, it was like okay, we don't like you don't yeah, have to watch exactly. the game. It was never an issue. And then imagine if they had to play Philly now in a playoff. that's easily one you of would, the most terrifying matchups for the Bucks in the playoffs. Yeah, you wouldn't right want to do that. And like yeah. and like credit to the Eagles, man. I'm 
I'm in on them. No, do I think they're world beaters? No. Do I think they're better than the Chiefs or the Bills? No, I don't. But I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. I know that. They're better than they the Bucks right anyone. now. They could be better anyone. than the Bucks. Yes. They're better than the Bucks right now. That's for damn sure. And yeah. um, like Scott just listed off a bunch of playmakers. He didn't even mention Dallas Goddard, who looks just like yeah. the perfect yeah. tight end for them. Um, and and Howie Roseman deserves executive of the year, the way that he has so quickly turned this around after dealing with the Wentz fiasco and um, sticking with Jalen Hurts this extra year. That man is so good at building through the trenches. So their O-line is yeah. absolutely stacked with talent. Yeah. Their D-line yeah. is absolutely loaded with talent. They got Nicole Reddick. Yeah. Nicobe Dean, they 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 acquire Hassan Reddick. They get bring over Bradbury to pair with Darius Slay. They they throw in um, what's his fuck from Saint, the Saints a guy I hate. Um, yeah, Patrol. What's his damn name? Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, Chauncey. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He he's just fit. He's fit the puzzle pieces together like uh, yeah. like so well. I just have to give it up for Howie Roseman. And I hate the fucking Eagles boys. Let me tell you, deep in my soul, I do. <laughs> they caused me a lot of pain as a child, man. Uh, the Bucks couldn't get over the hump. They couldn't get over the yeah. hump, and it was always the Eagles. Um, so, anyway, until Rondé Barber ended that, uh, and uh, the rest was history. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super Bowl 2002. Yeah. Hey, what a win. Um, yeah. Who do you think is the best – who do you guys think is the best team in the league? It's the Bills. It's a, you, can't, you literally can't have another answer besides the Bills. The way that they can yeah. just rush four and be – an absolutely dominant defense with they're all not, the injuries they have in their secondary, they're the best team. They're they're far I, by far the best teams. They got to be top five on both sides. Yeah, I'm with you yeah. for sure. I think Chiefs are, I, I think they're the best team. But like the Eagles could beat. I would not be shocked if the Eagles beat them. No, I would of almost, course. I would the love Dolphins to take the points the of the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because when you I ask mean, the best team. Sorry, when you ask the best team right now, too, like we're taking in sample size, right? The Eagles, this version of the Eagles is undefeated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, but like for all we know, it's like we don't think it is. We're all believers. Bo, I remember when you and I did the pod before, we both um, were talking about how they, they were for real this year as an NFC contender when we had Capo on. I think Scotty missed that episode. Yeah. Um, but either way, we're all in agreement on that now. I'm just saying the body of work of the Bills over the last few seasons, it is, it has been a slow, but still very like, clear trajectory to where they are now yeah, like they, yeah. they're just and, not they're, they're just keep climbing right yeah. and the fact that they're favored in this game at kansas city i don't want to call it the culmination but that tells you how good they are and how much respect they have right so uh what also wow what a game what yeah. a game that is i can't wait for that and okay. just you know as we talked about the nfc we mentioned the packers briefly and how bad how the nfc west is pretty only okay like i think the niners are the best team and they're they get the benefit of the doubt because they seem to get the most out of each season it feels like but you know if the bucks are a road win away against or a road win against the eagles away from a super bowl let's say a super bowl appearance you know that's really breaking their way all i was is with this the way this season has started and obviously that's insane there's there's 11 games left in the regular season. All that has to happen. But no juggernauts. They're just going to keep getting healthy. And if they have to beat Philly, who we we all just sung their praises, we think they're very good. They're not unbelievable. They're super. No. They're absolutely beatable. 
Listen, yeah, the then, Bucks don't have to be the best NFC team ever to get to the Super Bowl. They just have to be the best one this year. And yeah, I, I really that think week. that it's uh, – yeah, I really think that it's shaping up pretty well for them, all things considered. 100%. And um, the, although it hasn't happened exactly the way we thought maybe, based on what teams are, are stumbling or not being super impressive, it, that is what we talked about all offseason, was the NFC being right for the taking. And um, To be fair, I thought Green Bay would be better, and I thought – one of the Rams or Niners would, I still think the Niners could be pretty good, but yeah. I, they're not like we've seen them enough. They're not that good. I thought yeah, one not of those have two teams would be like kind of upper echelon teams. They're not, they're not yeah, they're, like they're deep, the, the Niners defense is, is fantastic. Like incredible uh, yeah. this year, but, but Garoppolo is their ceiling. He, he yeah. like, he's their ceiling. I'm sorry. The quarterback does matter. And and just like when you have me thinking about if we were to face the Eagles, Hertz has been amazing. But but Tom Brady at that point of the year is going to be a distinct advantage for the Buccaneers, no matter who they play. Um, aside from in the NFC, that is, um, unless we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and and the Packers finding theirs their uh, legs by then. Do you guys hear about the potential uh, McCaffrey to the Bills rumor at all? Did you hear that? Yes. that was yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, I was oh. trying not to think about it because like that, yeah, that's the kind of ruin. It's like ruining the NFL. Honestly. That's scary. That's super yeah. team shit. Super team shit. They don't even have yeah. Trey White yet. Like, yeah, that's, God. that's NBA level movement, honestly. Yes, right? that's exactly what it reminds. It's it's because you just don't see these types of moves, and even in the NFL, one guy doesn't generally. But like, wow, that guy on McCaffrey, that team makes a big difference. Oh my goodness! And like, hey, please for McCaffrey's sake, get him onto a real pro team. Because yeah. let's talk about that. Sorry for two seconds. They're they are a disaster, right? That like yeah. the Panthers absolutely suck. You know who else? Like, like Matt Baker, Rule. Baker sucks too, man. Baker, Baker sucks. sucks. He's Baker sucks. he's brutal. The way that he he's so panicky back there, like he takes like a thousand steps on like a, a three step drop before he throws, and he looks lost. Like he thinks he, you can just tell he thinks he looks good, like he's scrambling around, yeah. but really he's not moving anywhere, and he's just and taking. He, a, it's like, you know what I'm saying though? Panicky and, and shit. And he can't yeah. he can't run. Yeah, he, oh no. He can like he can evade, I suppose, but he can't fucking run. He can't actually make anyone miss or I he was he looks like, more He looks yeah. like Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro Kirk from first to third for the Toronto Blue Jays. They're they're <laughs> five foot three, four hundred pound catcher. He runs way faster than you think, but it's still really slow. Because it looks yeah. like he's running <laughs> yeah. so hard. Like, that's how Baker runs. It just looks so hard. Yeah, Sorry to cut you tough. off. No, no, they suck. They're, <laughs> I mean, what a what a weird game that is this week uh, going to the Rams. Because the Rams have obviously looked inept on offense. But could you ask for a better medicine than a, a Panthers team? I mean, I guess they would have hoped for that medicine to come with, uh, with Matt Rule as the one doling it out. But, yeah. um, oh, my God, they suck. And shout out though, in terms of the Panthers, um, our boy Bo JC Horn. Um, it's pretty much his rookie year, and he looks fantastic. Yeah. And then my my um, offensive my offensive lineman OL one offensive tackle one Iki Aquanu uh, has been dominant, not just like in the as a run mauler um, that he was projected to be, but as a uh, pass blocker as well so yeah. a couple bright spots still on that team right you got yeah you those got are two pivotal spots that let you know how bad the rest of that roster is true yeah. true yeah. and they got brian burns as an edge rusher who's legit right so yeah. they got pieces but they still can't get it done uh 
last call. Either of you guys, anything else you want to talk about before we dip on out of here? I got a uh, fantasy keeper draft that I got to do some homework on. And I got a lot of picks, boys. I got a lot of picks. It's a redraft year, so it's starting fresh. Oh. Here we go. Um, Yeah. Two two things I want to hit on that were super disappointing, I thought. Or one was disappointing and one I want to see more. Jacksonville. Really? You lose that game to Houston at home? Um, yeah. And now you get a weird divisional game at the Colts after they're coming back off of that ridiculous win over Denver, but they get Jonathan Taylor back. It looks like this week. I mean – I've liked what I've seen from Jacksonville. That Chargers win was great. They played, excuse me, they played the Eagles really tough. But and I know they dominated the game against Houston. But you got to you got to be better, Trevor Lawrence. You have to be better. And I'm really interested to see what happens in that Arizona Seattle game this week because it's like Seattle's vibing. They feel pretty good. They're they're one of the worst defenses that we've seen. In, <laughs> yeah. in, you know what I mean? So we it, don't it talk almost, about that. We don't talk about that. Geno Smith is just that good. That's why. Yeah. He has been fantastic, like legitimately very good. And Arizona, as you know, kind of ridiculous as they've been, they're two and three, and they've been better on the road for the last two years, right? So, yeah. just a couple kind of off the not off the radar, but less publicized games. I'm really interested in are what happens in Jacksonville at the Colts and Seattle and Arizona, trying to get a beat on those four teams specifically. So, yeah, yeah. Jacksonville almost felt like they were celebrating the fact that they were competitive early in the year and they got caught smelling themselves, as Shaq would say, um, a little bit. Yeah. So they got to get of, you right. It, it kind of feels like exactly how a Doug Peterson's team should play, you know, like feisty in some games where you don't expect them to be and then kind of let you down. Yeah, yeah I agree. But, Bo, now look at this division. It's like – I know. They should, they should win it. The, it's like straight up for the taking. Right, yeah. so yeah, I Tennessee's would not be terrible. Surprised. Yeah, Tennessee's terrible. Um, Houston's obviously a college team, and the Colts are eminently beatable. Right, oh, God. so like, well said. Like, yeah, like I, you just have to win that game last week. So I don't know. I honestly, with with a result like that and seeing Lawrence struggle, that makes me lean Tennessee, and I don't think Tennessee's any good. Yeah, just yeah. to be like they're a pro team with like a quarterback who's at least done it before. And I think I, I, I hate to like, you know, spit out those platitudes kind of thing, but I think it matters at least a little bit and they might just be the least shitty and they might come out on top and win that division at eight and nine or something like that. So anyway, I wonder, I wonder if that's kind of what's been happening. It's interesting. I expected them to be a lot better this year, to be honest, the Colts. Um, so, or maybe Matt Ryan's is worse than I thought. They should have yeah, continuity of that position. Hard, yes. Maybe it's hard to institute a new quarterback every single year. So playmaker but, playmakers helps too on offense outside of true. outside of one stud running back, right? It's not the eighties. Um yeah. Bo, any final thoughts, my dude? No, I'm good, man. Let's uh let's get out of here. All right. Well, thank you everyone who tuned in live or if you're listening to us, however you're listening to us, we appreciate it just the same. Uh, once again, please make sure you check out any written coverage of the Buccaneers at BucksGameDay.com. Again, Sports Illustrated's only website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Please make sure that you like and subscribe on YouTube. Helps us out. Share too, whatever. If you're feeling frisky, do what you got to do to promote the boys. Um, and we appreciate it. And we'll see you next week, most likely on Wednesday at about 8.30 p.m. Time subject to change, dependent on our children and our uh, floundering <laughs> careers. 
Um, all the best. <laughs> the Bucks.